welcome to another episode of Inside the Recording Studio. I am Jody Whitesides, and with me as always is Mr. Chris Hellstrom. How are you today, Chris? You're out of your mind, Jody. You're absolutely out of your mind. <laughs> Do you understand um, why it went out like that? <laughs> I, I, I don't, but I, I'm sure we'll get to that. I, I'm doing all right, man. Good. I'm doing all right. How are you doing? I'm doing all right myself. You, you're in a very festive mood this morning. Well, I that just literally popped into my mind to do it that way the moment I started thinking about the topic of discussion today. And it is? Yeah. Audio file formats. Yes. Super sexy to talk about and interesting, and it will revolutionize the way you do things. <laughs> so we'll see you next episode. Right. <laughs> no, but you had an incident recently. In the past week, yes. Of, yeah, kind of brought up this topic where you were trying to open some files from a format that we used to use a fair bit. Oh, yeah. A long, long time ago. In, in a, a galaxy, galaxy far, far away. Far away. Yes. <laughs> and that makes more sense if you heard our conversation Some before we started recording. Record, yes. <laughs> uh, sound Designer 2 files. Yes. Which was an old DigiDesign format. You couldn't, right? Or not easily, anyway. It was not easy. Logic has since removed the ability to be able to do so. For a good while after Logic 9, which was the last version of Logic that was capable of opening SD2 files, you now can't, which is yeah. disappointing to say the least, especially for how long SD2 was a standard when you think about yeah, it. Yeah, right. The irony is, of course, I'm mentioning DigiDesign and Avid, who were responsible for creating this format. Right. That... You can't open them in Pro Tools either these days. That's Unless even more you... ridiculous than you can right. imagine right there. <laughs> right. But, but it could up until a relatively recent point. I, I think Pro Tools 12 that got rid of that. What version but, are they on now? Well, they do them by year now. So now they're like, it's called 2023 point whatever. Oh, so it's like that was 10 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> no, not quite. Yeah, but you can't open them in the current version of Pro Tools anyway. That's poor planning, if you ask me. Possibly poor planning. At the same time, it's like how long are you backwards compatible before adding that compatibility starts breaking shit in your newer versions. But how much trouble could it technically be to keep the ability to read a file format? I don't know. Probably more than we think it does. Maybe. Then again, it's probably not everybody knocking down your door using Sound Designer 2 files. If you're a Pro Tools user, you might come across it if you're trying to open a project from 10 or 15 years ago and you hadn't adopted like Wave or AIFF files. Well, the same could be said for people that use Logic or any other DAW that used SD2 as a major file format. It was certainly a choice. Yeah, I don't know why. I Because I have old files that were SD2 files. I don't know why I did that, but it was like, oh, it was the thing to do at that point. Well, it was considered so, to be the best audio file format. That was why. Yeah. yeah. Just thinking back, the stuff I did back then, that probably didn't deserve the best of it. <laughs> <laughs> audio <laughs> format, but, but that's another topic. Right. I remember going through old files and sample libraries that I had done mm -hmm. for the sampler in Logic. Right. That were actually... SD2 files. 
at that point, I think I, I had to bring him into Pro Tools because I must have had an older version at that point that could do it. And then it actually spat them out as WAVE or AF files. Right. I can just bring them into the sample. But that that's pain in the ass. This was very much like redundant backwards compatibility work on my part. Speaking of sound designer, that, that's what kind of brought up this topic. topic yes. right? How did you go about getting them to, to work? Well, after yeah. asking you if you had the capability and you saying, oh, just drop it in Logic Sampler, it'll automatically convert it. And then learning that it doesn't do that anymore. <laughs> right. And then I said, okay, let me just open them in Pro Tools. And then you couldn't. No. <laughs> and you couldn't do that. So right. I asked George Leger, whom we've had on the podcast as well, if he had the capability. And he goes, I do. And then he tried to find the application that he was using and he couldn't find it, but he remembered the name of it. It was not an application that I was familiar with as previously in the Mac world, there was a company called Bias that had an application called Peak that was capable of converting any file format to any other file format. That company went out of business in 2012. And I haven't really looked at old sessions in essentially 10 years plus. And then all of a sudden, oh, I need to open this. And I can't. <laughs> yeah. And there was two reasons. One, I couldn't open the original Logic session without using Parallels. And I'm currently not subscribing to their subscription service. So that was a pain in the ass. And I figured I'll just get all of the original audio files and open them that way. And of course, they're in SD2 format and Logic no longer does that either, which sucks. And couldn't find any way to do it until I had spoken to George and he goes, oh yes, you need to use an app on the Mac called XLD. And hmm. then he told I me- I heard of that. I hadn't heard of it either. And then he told me where I could get it. And I think it was at SoundForge. I can't remember if it's SoundForge or not. He sent me to some link when he looked it up and sent me the link to download it. I downloaded it and bingo, bango, boingo. I was able to drop SD2 files into this particular application and spit them right back out as any other format that I wanted. And I chose Wave. That's good. Yeah. That, that, that's uh, that's good to know. Bias Peak, that was a good application because oh, I think- it's the premier application to do all that. Right. It was just a stereo editor, I believe. Mm -hmm. But I think you could program it to just, you're just converting a bunch of files. You can just drop a bunch of files in and it Yeah, a batch converter. That, that's the phrase I'm looking for. Yeah. XLD so, can do that too. Oh, that's good to know. I'll mm -hmm. have to chat to you more about that and see if, hopefully it's not something I'm going to come across, but if I do, then <laughs> yeah, if you do, uh, that might go. be a good application for that. Right. You were able to get your files and everything is fine and dandy with the world. To an extent, yes. <laughs> there was additional issues beyond that, which you are also aware of. And that was solvable in a very roundabout way. Got it. But at least you got closer to your goal. So Yes, I did. Good. And I All was right. able to do exactly what I was looking to do regardless. Beyond that of talking about that particular mix... As of today, we have a variety of audio formats, much like when we're talking about the days of SD2, but now there's even more, and every one of them is jockeying for position, is essentially a good way of saying it. Yeah, I would argue that there's co-winners in this, 
yes, I think. there are. Because there's the two formats that are the main formats that I think most of us are aware of. Mm -hmm. And that's WAV format, which was created by Microsoft and IBM in 91, I think. Mm -hmm. And that's WAV just stands for like waveform audio format. And then the other one is AIFF, developed by Apple in like the late 80s. And that's for audio interchange file format. And those mm -hmm. are the two big ones, right? Right. From my understanding, because I'm not a PC guy, but Windows initially had issue with AFF files. Well, I you think. couldn't initially play one on the other. If it was AFE, you couldn't play it on Windows. And if it was WAVE, you couldn't play it on Mac. It took a while before they pulled in each other's files formats, so to speak. Right. But at this point, I think it's fair to say that Mac has no issue with either one, obviously. No, they don't. So, And then if you're, a few years later, with yeah. WAVE format being really kind of coming out with the de facto winning, I would say, in a sense of who is using what more, they updated the WAVE format due to the European Broadcast Union in 1997, which became broadcast wave format, and that allowed the addition of metadata into a wave file, which up to that point was primarily just MP3s that did that. Yeah, and that's including like time codes and things like that, placement of audio. And that's when you're just recording and you're not doing anything else to the audio, you don't really need to know that. Mm -hmm. But that's, you know, you won't notice it. That's what's happening. And in most DAWs today, I would say, I know at least in Logic and, and Pro Tools and things, when you're recording as a WAV file, mm -hmm. it is actually creating a, what used to be called like a BWF, like broadcast WAV format. But it's just the same format. It looks like a WAV file. It just has metadata in it. Yeah. Well, essentially, so, broadcast WAV is WAV now. Yes, exactly. Although you can do it without the metadata in there, pretty much every DAW is just going to smack that stuff right in. Yeah. You know, you mentioned WAVE. Is that the format that you use today? It is. The weird thing is, is as we're talking about this, we were discussing it a little bit before hitting record. We recorded in SD2 format for the longest time. <laughs> yeah. And then all of a sudden, for a short period of time, I started using AFE. And mm -hmm. the... Dot .aif is what it ended up being, not dot .aiff, which is the actual file name. Use that for a little bit. And then all of a sudden, due to working with other people in other studios, a lot of people were choosing the WAV format. So I have three kind of histories, in a sense, of... <laughs> backups of old sessions where the really old ones are SD2, the next oldest ones are AFE, and then the last and up until now is all WAVE. Yeah, I tend to do my recording in WAVE as well now, and I don't really give a whole lot of thought to it. But well, it came no from reason the same to. Right. But it came from the same mindset initially is like when you start sharing projects with, with other people and you want to make sure that if they're on a Windows machine, they didn't have any issues opening it, right? Because I think there was a certain conversion that had to take place initially. Initially, yes. And that's why there's that brief moment of time where I have sessions, where I have sessions that are in AIF format. I wasn't working with anyone else in that regard. It didn't matter to me. 
Yeah. It was when I started working with others that I had to switch to Wave. Do you ever get AI files if you get sessions from other people? Because I have. I can't recall the last time I've gotten one, no. Yeah. Mm -mm. Yeah, but again, it doesn't really matter. If you want a super safe format, Wave. And obviously, we're talking about uncompressed audio here, right? Right. One thing I wanted to bring up that as a logic user can seem a little cryptic is that when you bounce a file, Mm -hmm. the option for full quality uncompressed file says PCM. Yes. Right? If you're confused by that, I understand that, but know that that, (laughs) that's the full format. It comes from something we refer to as LPCM. That stands for Linear Pulse Code Modulation. Yes. Uh, That's great. So what the hell does that mean, Chris, right? <laughs> That's the format that are on CDs and things, right? right? There's, It's just the actual information, just audio on there, right? Don't let that confuse you. If you're bouncing out a file, it's going to end up being not some weird .pcm thing. It's full audio file, but it's it's a little bit cryptic that it says that in logic, I find. But it probably goes back to the when you wanted to just print it to a CD and... That was it. Who knows? But the secondary window on that when you choose PCM is to choose whether or not it's some other format, whether it's WAVE or A4. I think there's another choice on there. I just don't look at them anymore because it's just WAVE in my mind. Yeah. The thing to take away from that is we're talking about sound design here, like it's sort of a format that's gone the way of the dodo bird. It did. Right, It's still around in terms of backups and whatnot, and you have to get it from that format into something else if you really need those files, but yeah. Right, but nobody really uses it anymore. No, there's no reason to. Unless you're old school and a hipster and they sound (laughs) better. And you're recording on an old Mac 2 Plus or something and you're only using Sound Designer 2. Right, but my speculation on the subject is that why did AIFF or Wave win? Well, because at that point, like I said, it came out of DigiDesign. And when Apple and Windows start making their own audio formats, they're going to beat you because they're the big dogs, right? And now they're so entrenched in that format that it becomes a workflow that that's what you use, Uh right? Could something else come along that revolutionizes that? Possibly. I don't see a benefit of it, though. I would like changing format at this point because here we are in the 90s, digital recording of audio is, is... in its infancy, all the things have to fall into place and they've fallen into a place of where we are now and we don't use sound designer anymore. So it's something to take away from that. There are some other formats though that are lossless that I suppose that we should mention and Logic uses one of them, but what are those? FLAC is one that's come out that's quite popular. And another I've always one, wondered, is that pronounced FLAC or do people actually say FLAC? I'm I sure people say, say FLAC. It. I just said FLAC mainly because FLAC could also be the stuff that they shoot in the air at planes. And that's spelled slightly different, F-L-A-C-K. <laughs> yeah. So that's one of the major formats that you can use to transfer audio files between people at a less than full quality. They call it lossless. And it stands for free lossless audio codec. But anytime you start removing data from a file, you're removing audio quality. I don't care what they say. 
The other format, and this is something that you can actually record in and export with, with Logic. And I'm yeah. sure there's others that can do it if they're on the Mac platform, but that's CAF or CAF, which stands for Core Audio Format. For those that are Logic users, you might very well be used to this format if you use anything from the plethora of gigabytes of data for audio and instruments that they send you for Logic when you download them. They're all yeah. in CAF format. Right. I don't know why you did that. I thought there was a size thing with that where there was going to take up slightly less space. But it's one of those things here, like you said, Jody, that you can, if you're in Logic, you can actually record in CAF as your uh -huh. file format. But I think you're playing with fire here because if you're collaborating with somebody that isn't using Logic, I would say that you're very likely going to come across issues. Right? Oh, yeah, and, for sure. And Apple is known for not being afraid of doing away with shit if they feel like something else is going to be better. Maybe it's one of those things there where, oh, CIF goes the way with sound designers. Oh, we don't do that anymore. I wouldn't record in that, but like you said, the whole sample library of everything that comes with Logic is in that format. Right. Yeah. Now, beyond that, in terms of things that go out to consumers, there's a variety of different formats as well. FLAC being one of them. Mm -hmm. Another, in terms of what they would call lossy or compressed formats, there's two to three major competitors in this. And the biggest one that pretty much everyone sticks with is MP3. That stands for MPEG Audio Layer 3. Now, if you're doing videos, that goes as MP4. <laughs> and it can yeah, do more channels than just two. There's another format known as AAC. And that was developed by Apple as a answer to the MP3, which is known as the Advanced Audio Codec. And there's yet another, which is most commonly referred to as AUG, but it's actually AUG Vorbis, which is being a lossy format. And generally speaking, it's a free format in that it didn't require any licensing from particular entities, whereas MP3s and AACs do actually require some sort of licensing from whoever's doing the encoding. I did not know that, but that's yes. something I, I, I haven't come across and I haven't had to worry about that, right? The AAC, obviously a Apple invention. Mm -hmm. I wonder if, I've never come across this, but have you ever sent an AAC file to a Windows user and can they open it? A long time ago in a galaxy far, far away when they weren't as cross compatible, mm -hmm. I did and realized, oh, well, I can't play this file. All right, you make an MP3 and you send it again. Pain in the ass. Primarily the reason why I stopped using AAC. Now the format is still around. Apple still uses it. And Windows users can now open it. It's sort of like when AIF and WAVE came around, it took a while before both platforms would use other platforms' audio. And the same thing happened with MP3 and AAC. Technically speaking, Og Vorbis works on all platforms, but not all players will play it back. <laughs> yeah, that sounds like a drawback. It is. So, yeah. thing that I was going to get to as well is when 
AAC came out, it was sort of like air quote here, a better sounding compressed audio file than MP3 was capable of doing at that point. Oh, that was the selling point. That was the selling point, yes. Of course, now that's redundant because you can do it at much higher bit rates and things with with an MP3 as well. So if you're sharing smaller files and you want to make sure that they can use it or your end user will hear it, MP3 is a good way to go. One thing that I see once in a while with people are asking when they're actually outputting their finished song or their finished mix, mm-hmm. they just go straight to MP3. Mistake. And I think, yes, that's what I wanted to get at. So when you're doing this, this is strictly a sharing thing. Somebody would probably say that, well, you know, if it's going to go to mastering, it doesn't matter. Somebody will just open it up, forgetting that you're losing stuff in the conversion there. Yeah. MP3 or AAC, great way for sharing files, but always output the highest quality you can. It's one of those things. And sometimes, you know, people like to get files as MP3s and then they're going to work on them in their session. Ooh, I hate doing um, that. Yeah. I same thing technically here. I'd, I'd, hate that with a passion. Yeah. Do you have a reason why you hate it? Yeah, because it can cause issues. And I know you've had issues where it's like it, it's being used at different sample rates and things. And Well, the, the timing can- is also not as accurate, which is really a problem. And there's a lot of people that will bat back and forth. Oh, my God, I can't believe that this sample comes back at this and it plays back like that. And there's a long-time logic issue with certain tempos. They don't even loop properly. Yeah. And that's, that's crazy. Another me. And I discussion went like, right balls yeah. out nuts of figuring out every tempo that actually looped properly with looping. And that's neither here nor there. The idea, but it though, is, is it is an interesting point. Just to touch on that real quickly, because every once in a while you, you see people and they're having issues when they're running a loop. And it's, and it's not like, lining it's up after perfect. a while. Yeah. Right. It starts drifting. And that's crazy to me. Initially, we were both hypothesizing that. It was a math thing where somewhere in the math you do a certain rounding to make the math work. Sure. But the tempos that it was working at and compared to the ones that it wasn't made no sense. No, there's no rhyme was, or reason mathematically. <laughs> so it was like, okay, that, I guess that theory is out the window. Yeah, right? nuts. So. And the same thing happens with MP3s. The timing is just not as accurate. I get it. There was a point in time where – there was something that I was part of a beta test situation called the Rocket Network, and I think we've mentioned oh, this on, yeah, the pocket, yeah, yeah. on the podcast before. The Rocket Network was a way for studios or producers or recording engineers to record remotely between each other. And that sounds the, common time today, but in 98, it wasn't. You know? Well, it wasn't, and it's still not the same way as the Rocket Network actually did it, which was way more advanced than what we're doing now which is crazy. The Rocket Network literally linked the two files in the two studios, and it mattered that you had to be using the same DAW. Yes. You had to be using Logic, whether it was on Windows or Macintosh at the time. And then I think at a certain point, it didn't matter. But initially, you had to be on the same DAW. And what it did is it took your files, and then you could tell it what value of audio file are you uploading to the common repository or whatever it is before it downloads onto the other person's machine automatically. At that point, most people were just using MP3s at 128K bit rate, as that was the standard 
back then. And it was pretty darn quick. You'd finish doing your file. It would automatically convert it, send it up to the cloud, back down to the other person's computer. And within minutes, they'd have the file automatically right in the same timeline where it was supposed to be on the same track that you did it on, on their end. We don't have that yet still today. Well, there are certain things that you can do similar things with, but in a little bit more of a roundabout way, because right. there are things like, you know, what you and I tend to use is session wire and there's audio movers and all of these protocols that do a very similar collaborative type of thing. But this was really revolutionary. Well, it was automatic. It, came out. it put yeah. it right in the same spot in the timeline. And then you'd have this session that you're working on and you'd have a combination of your recorded files that were A for wave or SD2. And then you'd have the files that were automatically placed into the timeline on the appropriate tracks in MP3 format or whatever format that they chose to send it to you in. And then eventually whoever's doing the entire mix, you would download all of the full quality audio and it would automatically replace all the lossy format with the full quality audio. And then you both have the whole thing on both machines. And it's a great way for doing automatic backups. That's not around, which is unfortunate. I think yeah. somebody should revive that and bring it back. That was Let's really move on cool. from saw, that, though. <laughs> yeah, I just want to say real quickly, I, I saw that the first time I saw it at NAMM at the Cubase booth. So I know mm. Cubase had a version of this as well. And it was really impressive. It is. And it was some extremely guy sitting impressive. On the other it still side is of the today world. and we don't do it. Yeah. Right. And, of course, the drawback of that is that when you're downloading – your full quality files in the late 90s. It took you probably like four weeks to download and through whatever <laughs> connection you had. But right. that's neither here nor there. So while we're dealing with primarily stereo files today, or you and I talking about stereo files today, there are obviously like some surround formats and things like that. What are those? We have the big king kahuna right now would be the Dolby Atmos thing. That particular format when you're exporting out of your DAW is considered ADM. BWF, and that stands for Audio Definition Model Broadcast Wave Format. So Dolby Atmos is using Broadcast Wave. There's another surround format that is pretty big on the scene as well, and we have talked about it in a podcast episode where we actually prefer this particular format as sounding a little bit more defined and better, and that is 360RA, which is backed by Sony. That particular file format is known as the 360RACS format as an acronym. I don't know. I couldn't find it, but that's the format that is being used for 360RA. Now, beyond all of this surround formats and everything else, to solve the issue, to get from one file format to another, if you are bringing something in from somewhere else and it is an arcane format or in need of being moved to another format... On the Windows side of things, the one that I would recommend is FRE colon AC. It is a rather- Rolls off the tongue. (laughs) Yeah, rolls right (laughs) off the tongue. It's a rather complicated name for an app that will convert pretty much every format to any other format. And for the Mac, as already mentioned in this episode, that would be XLD. That's just three letters, XLD. That's the app. And that will convert from one format to another. Yeah, I have to check that out because, you know, it's just good to know and and sort of like problem solvers when you get into all of that. Exactly. Yeah. All right. And with that, we'll move on to our Friday Finds. Chris, what have you got this week? I've been in a little bit of a sound designing 
mood, not to be confused with Sign Designer 2 files. <laughs> but um, I started messing around with Isotopes Vocal Synth 2 and have been getting some pretty interesting results. So that's my Friday find this week, Vocal Synth 2 from Isotope. And you, good sir, what do you have? Being that we mentioned the idea of surround formats, I am going with a synthesizer known as Sky Dust 3D by Sound Particles. And the reason for it is it can do 3D audio straight from the synth, which is pretty Very darn cool. cool. So that is my choice for this week. While we've got your attention, we ask that you go to InsideTheRecordingStudio.com and sign up for our mailing list. You'll need to be on our email list in order to be eligible for any future giveaways. And we'll make sure you don't miss any future episodes of this amazing podcast. Send us an email at goldstar, G-O-L-D-S-T-A-R, at InsideTheRecordingStudio.com with the word formats. And you'll get something cool back in your inbox. If you have a topic or suggestion for Chris and I to explain in a future episode, contact us at the contact page and we'll put it into consideration for a future episode. With that, I'll say see you next week. Thanks for listening, people. I'll talk to you later, Jody. Jody.